All right, so it's day 10 of the Toronto International Film Festival, and I'm here with... Phil. And Graham, and it's Death by Video. And we just got out of the uh, the new Olivier Assayas? Assayas? Assayas, Assayas. Uh, Assayas, yeah, film. Um, Wasp Network starring Penelope Cruz, Edgar Ramirez, Gail Garcia Bernal, and anyone else notable? Uh, there were other people, faces were familiar, but those were the main players. There's a yeah. big ensemble film, which I was not expecting. That okay, so yeah. The protagonist, really. Yeah, I kind of went in totally cold to this. Like, I knew it was set in Cuba in the 90s, but beyond that, not so much. And um, on top of that, uh, yeah, it was it was a very dense film. It felt much longer. Than, not in a bad way did it feel longer than it was, but it felt like it was like well over two and a half hours, when I think it was only two hours on the nose. Yeah, it was like two hours plus credits, so I guess like two hours and ten minutes when you think about it. And yeah, so it's... Uh, but yeah, it's uh, like I've seen Carlos. I've seen other movies of his that are super dense, and yeah, he packs a lot of information in the two hours. Yeah, I totally forgot that he did Carlos because, like, I I always keep thinking like I've only ever seen really like one film by Olivier Assayas, and then I realize no, I've seen a bunch. He's just such a chameleon as a director; like, he bounces around. Yeah, like you've probably seen Demon Lover, Irma Vap, Summer Hours, Clouds of Sils Maria, Personal Shopper. Um, yeah, all those movies. And again, I never put it together like it's the same guy. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, you can't really throw the auteur theory at this dude. Yeah, he's definitely not just doing uh, variations on a theme. And as the, uh, the programmer that introduced the film tonight said, he's like probably one of the greatest living directors. I kind of, I would agree with that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I... There's like the odd movie of his that kind of misses the mark, but he's going for a mark, so that's highly commendable. Oh, totally. So um, I do think you and I both really like this film. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I was a bit worried at first because you see all these title cards. It looks like, oh, God, is this going to be just some uh, tiresome anti-communist shtick? But... Yeah, it's really, and it really isn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I initially, initially thought that as well, and then, I, and then like as you go along, I'm like, is it pro-communist? Not really. It's no. it's kind of just like, it's more like just these people are in this situation. Either. Yeah. Yeah. It's like trying to survive the situation that they're dealt. Is it anti-American? It's not pro-American. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so just plot-wise, briefly, briefly to break it down, um, it focuses on the WASP network of spies for Cuba that came to America as spies for anti-Castro uh, groups in America that were, like, trying to assassinate him, who are, which they don't describe it in the movie, but I'm pretty sure they were financed in part by the CIA. Yeah, probably. And it's like, you know, it's under the guise of, we're bringing democracy to Cuba. And yeah. It was also under the pre... They also used this as a way of uh, smuggling drugs to fund their operation and... Exactly, yeah. They touched on the drug smuggling. There's a lot going on. So it starts with a, a solo pilot uh, flying, uh, like who was like a pilot in Cuba, flying a propeller plane from Cuba all the way to the United States, defecting, and then kind of going to work for an anti-Castro group. And it's only halfway through the movie that the movie actually stops and explains what's going on, which I felt was very, it was almost Tarantino-esque. We're like, let's just like, once upon a time in Hollywood when Kurt Russell would interrupt and explain what was going on. <laughs> But not not in such a jokey, jovial fashion. Oh no, yeah, for sure. But it it is definitely a rug pull. But it's it's interesting where it just jumps from location to location. The time there are huge time jumps. There's like flashbacks or some flash forwards and uh, and yeah, like it really pulls the rug out from under you. Where uh, you think, oh, Edgar, Mar this is what Edgar Ramirez's agenda is. No, it's not. 
No, not at all. Like, even his wife thought he was a traitor. Um, we won't get too much into the plot because it's so dense. The one interesting thing, though, is that the movie ends abruptly, and I realized at the time I was like, it almost has to because the movie could go on for another two hours. Oh, absolutely, 100%. I, I thought the movie was going to go on for at least another hour, and no, it just yeah. screeches to a halt, but that's okay. Yeah, I know. It's it's occasionally like you need to know when to to cut your story. Like the other, like because the at the end of the film, not to spoil it, like basically uh, there's a recap on the real people, and you learn like a lot of them just were in jail for 20 years. Yeah, like it was. It's kind of like a rather humorous uh, updating of what happens. Yeah, like well, especially like one of the characters. Um, what was his name? The guy that like was compared to a movie star. He came over and he kind of had good looks. Like he swam. Uh, across Guantanamo Bay to go to the American naval base at Guantanamo Bay to defect. He got like kind of like really well known in North, in uh, at least in uh, Florida. And then he ditched his wife and went back. And it turns out that like he had to pawn his Rolex, sell his Rolex on eBay for extra money in the 2000s. And um, because you know, they were living large, living a very wealthy lifestyle. And at one point, his wife confronts him and says like, "Hey, are you dealing drugs?" And he kind of very angrily tells her, "Don't ask me about my business, but no, it's not drugs." Yeah, there was another humorous detail. Uh not spoil like that ending uh, update of like him pawning the Rolex. You see the real life picture of his wife, and she's like standing uh, next to a Jeep Cherokee. And you see uh, an interview where he's uh, talking to a reporter where he's back in Havana, and he, she's like, "So what do you miss most about uh, life in Miami?" Oh, I miss my Jeep Cherokee. Yeah, so we should point out that it's his wife watching this, and uh, this is earlier on in the film, like, after he's abandoned her, like, he basically like, disappears one day, and then he's being interviewed on TV, and she, you know, she sees the interviewer, like, talking to him, and he says all this, pablo- like, stuff about, like, not liking America, despite the fact he really liked America, clearly, like, he really liked the, um, the entire uh, capitalistic lifestyle. Um, but he, uh, but yeah, when he says like, what did you miss the most? Like there's a pause and the wife kind of was like hoping that he says my wife, but then instead she, he says my Jeep Cherokee, which she still owns apparently in the, in the follow-up or in the, and, uh, the end credit sequence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, we can't really <coughs> talk too in depth about it. Cause like, I feel that the length of the podcast would be the, the length of the movie. Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, it's a fantastic story. It's full of great twists and turns. Like the storytelling on screen is excellent. Uh, like everybody kind of brings their A game. Like Gail Garcia Bernal is also almost unrecognizable, at least to me, at least for like half of his screen time. I guess it's the goatee that hit, hides him so well. It took a few moments because he has like a receding hairline in this movie too. Yeah. I, I don't know if he has a bit of a receding hairline in real life or not. I, It's kind of hard to tell. And, you know, like, the grays are coming in very nicely, I might add. Yeah, yeah. so all in all, like, I guess final thoughts on it, Phil. What did you, like, your final thought, or any final thought, I mean, other than liking it? Uh, my final thoughts are, um, don't really have anything to add that I haven't really said. It's uh, another uh, notch in the uh, already stellar and highly prolific belt of uh, Olivier Esaias. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. So for Death by Video, uh, this has been Day 10 at TIFF. Uh, This will probably be our last TIFF episode unless I decide to do a solo one on Jojo Rabbit, which I'm seeing tomorrow. So for Death by Video, I've been Phil. I've been Graham. Please keep watching awesome movies. Good night.